It is a fact that more women than men have Hashimoto's. It's also a fact that a lot of women develop Hashimoto's during the three P's, puberty, pregnancy, and perimenopause. So clearly there is an estrogen component to Hashimoto's, but what is it and what can you do about it, especially if you feel like it is contributing to the worsening of your Hashimoto's or a flare? That's what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to explain what we know about estrogen and its relationship to Hashimoto's, and more importantly, what you can do for your health, because you are a never a victim of what's going on in your health. You always have things that you can do, and I am going to tell you some very simple and sustainable things that you can do for your health by supporting your body's estrogen and all of the processes. Welcome to the Health with Hashimoto's podcast. This is where you get to explore the root causes of your autoimmune condition and discover holistic solutions to address your Hashimoto's thyroiditis. I am Esther. I am a registered nurse, a holistic health educator. I do have Hashimoto's. I'm also a very busy mom to four boys, and I understand what you go through as a super busy woman. I feel like every woman that I've talked to who has Hashimoto's are super busy. We wear so many hats and that probably describes women in general, but I get it. That's what I want to say. I get it. And so every single episode of Health with Hashimoto's, I always want to provide things that are simple for you to do because if it's too complex, if it's too many steps, it's just not going to happen. It's just not going to fit into your life. And I get it. So before we move on with the estrogen topic, let me remind you to get on my email list. Go down to the show notes, sign up for Hashimoto's 101 if you don't have that PDF yet. It's a super simple guide to help you figure out what's going on with your Hashimoto's. What is it? What do your labs mean? All of the basics. But once you're on my email list, then you will get information about this coming Black Friday deal that I have for you. And that will be a VIP day. Now, I did get a question already. Well, Esther, do I need to start the Holistic Hashimoto's course when I buy it? Or can I start in January or when Christmas is done? And you can. Once you enroll in the Holistic Hashimoto's course, it is yours. You get to start whenever is convenient for you. And I understand that some people want to dive into the course immediately so they can start to feel better through the holiday season. And other people are like, well, I just want to get the deal, but I don't want to start yet because I need to get through the holiday season. There's no right or wrong answer, but get on my email list so you can get the deal so that you can get that VIP day and then start the Holistic Hashimoto's course when it's going to work for you. All right, let's talk about estrogen. First, what is estrogen? You probably already know that it's somehow related to sex hormones and you would be correct. So estrogen is the hormone that is secreted mostly by your ovaries, and it prepares your body to develop a baby. So it's the hormone that tells your uterus to build up a lining so that it makes a nice cozy home for the baby if it is um, fertilized, if the egg is fertilized and the baby is implanted into your uterus. That's the role of estrogen. That's the primary role, I should probably say, but it's not the only role. Estrogen does a lot of different things. For example, it's helpful for your bone development and your health. It's helpful for heart health. It supports that. It supports your mood management. It affects how your brain structures are connected. It affects the way that your brain cells communicate and even the shape of your brain. Estrogen is also related to serotonin and dopamine. 
And estrogen, just like the other main hormones in a woman's body, it's cyclical. So it rises and falls in a steady pattern over the course of about four weeks, depending on how long your menstrual cycle is. Estrogen rises and falls. That's why there are certain times of the month where your mood is more protected and other times of the month where you feel a little bit more vulnerable for your mood. And the same thing with your bones and your muscles. There are certain times of the month when you will have a more effective workout, especially if you are working on strength training and muscle building. There are certain times related to your hormones that your body can do that. There are other times of the month when your body is like, yeah, no, you can break down that muscle, but I'm not going to rebuild it. <laughs> it's just the way that women are. So we have this cycle and when estrogen goes up, then other hormones are down. And then when progesterone goes up, the estrogen is supposed to go down. Now, typically when we are talking about Hashimoto's or other autoimmune conditions, people don't talk about estrogen in general. They'll talk about estrogen dominance and how that plays a role in autoimmune problems. Now, estrogen dominance is not just the presence of estrogen, but it is having too much estrogen in relationship to progesterone during the second half of the menstrual cycle. And this can happen for a couple of reasons. First of all, let's talk about why we have estrogen or where it comes from. I said primarily the ovaries, that are the things that make most of the estrogen. And that's true. Estrogen also comes from your adrenal glands. And another big one is your fat cells. The more fat cells you have, the more estrogen that you will create. And that goes for men and women. That's why men, when they get obese, they will develop more breast tissue because they have more estrogen. But the same thing happens in females. The more body fat you have, the more estrogen you create. And that's not anything about body positivity. It's not anything about how you feel about your weight. It's just a fact more body fat cells will create more estrogen. And there's something else that contributes to increased estrogen, and that is xenoestrogens. That's a fancy name for chemicals that mimic estrogen. And those often come from things like pesticides or preservatives. They can be in your skincare products, which is why that was the first thing that I cleaned up when I was looking at my personal care products. Uh, and actually, I did that back in like the early 2000s. I went through everything and I made sure there's no parabens and there's no phthalates. There's no of those nasty things because we don't need that. Our bodies already have enough to process. And that leads me into the next thing which is why do we have this estrogen buildup? I just talked about how you can get it from different things, your ovaries, adrenal glands, body fat, chemicals. Also, of course, hormone replacement therapy or um, birth control. Those obviously have estrogen in them too. But why do we have a dominance? Why do we have an excess? And that has to do with your liver. Now, your liver is right underneath your right ribs. So you might have looked down sometimes and noticed that when you look down, your right side underneath your ribs is a little bit taller or higher than your left. And that's because the left side has more heart and the right side has more liver. So your liver is a super, super important thing for every single process in your body. Your liver is the primary detoxifier. I feel like we talk about detox so much in today's culture, and sometimes it feels a bit overblown but it's not really because we are exposed to so many things that need detox. But what is detox? Detox is a simple way to explain when your liver or your body takes something 
harmful or dangerous and changes it so that it's a little less harmful or dangerous so that your body can get rid of it. So in the case of estrogen, your liver changes it a little bit and then it leaves through your stool. End of story. Except it's not always the end of story. Your liver has like three pathways in. So picture, you know, a highway. There's three lanes of traffic, right? And then it goes through the liver and ideally it would go, like I said, it would be broken down and go into your stool and, and leave. But that's not always what happens. There's often a buildup. There's three lanes going into your liver and then your liver has six different pathways that it can go out into. But sometimes the correct pathway is blocked. Like there's a traffic jam or an accident. So it can't do that. So it recycles your estrogen is like, okay, okay, estrogen on your next pass through when you come through in the blood, then maybe I'll have a time and space to deal with you. But right now I don't. So continue on your merry way. And so it recycles the estrogen instead of getting rid of it. And that's another reason that we get estrogen dominance. So how do you know if you have estrogen dominance? It's not like you're going to do a blood test and hormone testing like all throughout your cycle every month. No, that would be silly. Um, there's a couple of things that would be automatically pointing towards estrogen dominance. And those would be during the second half of your menstrual cycle. If you're having more swollen, tender breasts, if your breasts feel like congested, like lumpy. Um, also, if you have heavy or clotty periods, if you have a lot of PMS or menstrual cramps. Also, if you have mood swings that are more negative, those are all indications that you could have estrogen dominance. Now, I don't feel like testing is always needed. You might be listening to me like, oh, I have a lot of those symptoms. I absolutely need a hormone test. I need to know if I have this. Here's how I look at it. If you have some of those symptoms, it's not going to hurt you to pursue testing. That's why we have functional medicine doctors. It's why we have traditional doctors. Sometimes they'll do those testing for you. But if you have those symptoms, they're already telling you that there's something going on and that you need to take action. Symptoms are always a cry for help. So let's talk about what you can do for your liver because you want to support your liver so that there aren't any traffic jams, so that your liver can process everything that it needs to in the right ways. And this is something that we dig into in a little bit more detail in the Holistic Hashimoto's course. So when you enroll in that, we will cover liver health quite a bit because it really matters, not just for your estrogen, but your liver is crucial in several different root causes. So we really want to support your liver. But here are a couple of simple things that you can do. Number one is to stop the quote liver loaders, as Dr. Libby Weaver says. I love Dr. Libby Weaver. If you have never seen her video, it's kind of old now. I think it's called Rushing Win Woman Syndrome. It is so good. It is one of the first videos I saw that really talked about women's health and how busy we are and how our cortisol levels, our stress, impacts our overall health. So check out that video. Anyway, she calls them liver loaders. They're the things that don't support your liver and some of them even can harm it. Liver loaders would be things like alcohol. Of course, you know that alcohol is not good for your liver and we all know that, right? Um, refined and artificial sugars are also hard on your liver. In fact, you can get what's called fatty liver disease just from eating too many sugars and refined 
foods with lots of processed sugars. Other liver loaders are chemicals and pesticides, those toxins that your liver has to deal with. Those are some of the things that it primarily targets because it has to, your, I mean, your liver is your biggest detox organ. Maybe it's your skin. I think it's your liver. They're both way up there. Anyway, so your liver is constantly trying to deal with all of these chemicals that we're exposed to on a daily basis. So let's give it less that it has to deal with. And one of the things you can do is clean up your skincare. What's applied to your skin goes directly into your bloodstream. It is so fast. That's why a lot of patches or medications are delivered via patch because we know that it's a reliable way to get into your bloodstream. And speaking of medications, there's another liver loader that we do need to talk about and that's medication. Now some medications are needed and others are not. They would be considered non-essential medications. Some of these you might not actually need. And I'm gonna be very careful with this because I don't want you to think that I'm anti-medication. I'm not. There is a time and a purpose for medication, but some people jump to medications way too quickly. For example, at the first sign of a headache, some people will immediately reach for the Tylenol, acetaminophen, um, paracetamol, I think that's what you call it in Canada and Europe, um, or ibuprofen. Now, do those medications help with headaches? Yes, they actually do help with pain. Are there other things that might help too? For example, the big glass of water that you take your medication with, yes. In fact, some people think that the glass of water takes care of more headaches than the actual medication. And how can you tell? Because the glass of water will help a lot faster. Any medication that you take by mouth takes on average 60 minutes to start working. So if you took some ibuprofen or some Tylenol and a really big glass of water at the first sign of your headache and your headache is gone in 15 minutes, guess what? It was the water that did it, not the medication. You were probably getting a headache because you were dehydrated. And there's a lot of reasons that we develop pain and not all of those reasons need an over-the-counter pain medication. Some of them do. When I get a migraine, I will use medication sometimes, but I always address the root causes first. I know what my triggers are for my migraines, so I will address them before I start to do any medications because I also know as somebody with an autoimmune condition that I need to be really kind to my liver so that I don't bog it down. I do not want to take a Tylenol if I don't absolutely have to because I know that my liver is working hard to detox all of the chemicals and the toxins that I'm exposed to every day even though I have done my best to reduce that toxic load as much as possible. But there's other non-essential medications as well. And let me get on my soapbox box for a couple minutes, maybe just one minute, you can time me. It is birth control. If you are on birth control for a reason other than to prevent you from getting pregnant, please talk to your doctor or provider or find a different doctor or provider who can help you address the root causes. Using birth control for something other than actually birth control well, let's just say that it's handed out so commonly is almost like the doctors don't think that there's any side effects, but there are. Not only are there side effects like leaky gut, increased intestinal permeability, that's the fancy name for leaky gut, it is a consequence of oral birth control and it is not talked about. And yet we know that the gut is responsible for 70 to 80% of your immune function. And if you're dealing with an autoimmune function or autoimmune condition, you absolutely need your immune function to be working as well as we can. So we do not want to be doing anything that we don't have to, to our gut. 
that's just one thing that oral birth control does. And there's a, a bunch of other things. But the thing is, birth control isn't addressing the root. It's not addressing the causes of anything. If you have skin stuff, if you're on birth control because you had really, really bad acne, birth control is not the answer. Birth control is a band-aid. It's yeah, modulating your hormones, but it's not getting as to, you know, why are they why are they wonky in the first place? It's just a band-aid. So if you're on birth control for any reason other than actually, you know, not getting pregnant, please talk to your provider and see if there's something else that you can do. If you can dig down into getting to the root causes, because that's what you actually need. A lot of people who they're on birth control for, you know, non-birth control related things. The problems come back as soon as they get off. And we also know that the longer you're on birth control, the more problems you're going to have when you get off, especially if you're trying to get pregnant. So there's my little soapbox. Birth control is a liver loader. And sometimes you need it. Just like sometimes you actually need Tylenol. And sometimes you need other things that are liver loaders. And that's why when I'm talking about medications, I want to say, you know, non-essential medications. Because the essential ones you need. But let's acknowledge that the medications, even the essential ones, they can be hard on our liver. So that moves us into step two that you can do. Not only do we want to stop the liver loaders, but we want to support our liver health. We want to make sure that the liver can do its job. So there's a couple things. I mentioned Dr. Libby Weaver earlier and her video about rushing women syndrome. In that video, she says if there's one thing that she can ask you to do as a result of watching that video, it is double your veggies. It will make your liver the happiest that of anything else that you can. So how many vegetables do you eat a day? Or how what kind of variety do you eat? Could you double that? Could you double your daily intake or could you double your variety? Increasing your veggies is one simple way to help out your liver. And if you're looking for ideas of which veggies, it's the brassica veggies that are most liver friendly. So those would be broccoli and broccoli sprouts. Actually, broccoli sprouts are one of the most powerful that you can do for your liver. Um, cauliflower, kale, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, things like that. Um, but any leafy green is going to be good for your liver. Also, you want to increase the, the micronutrients because your liver needs B vitamins, it needs glutathione, it needs different antioxidants. And here's where I'm going to talk about that protandum NRF2 again. I talked about the dual synergizer, that's the NRF2 plus the NRF1, a couple episodes back. Half of that dual synergizer, the NRF2 specifically, that increases your own body's antioxidant production. It increases your glutathione production by 300%. Now, glutathione, it is like the master antioxidant. It is great. Your liver depends on it. And glutathione is something that they do sell as a supplement, but it's not very bioavailable. So when you take it as a supplement, hardly any of it gets to you. You can even pay a lot of money to get it IV. And even through an IV, not very much gets to you. But when your body makes it, of course, your body is going to make it in a form that your body can use. So the NRF2, that protandum, 
it increases your body's own production of glutathione by 300%. So make sure that you're getting all of the nutrients, those micronutrients that your liver needs in order to work because we want to increase the traffic flow, right? We don't want any congestion in our liver. And then the last thing you can do to support your liver is make sure that the pathways are open. So as the traffic is on its pathway, we're supporting it in all the different ways. We're making sure that things can get to the liver. We're making sure that the liver can process things. And then we also want to make sure that it's not getting backed up on its way out, right? So make sure that you're pooping. Make sure that you are sweating. Are you sweating each day? I hope so, because we poop and we get rid of stuff that way. Another way that we get rid of things is by sweating and by going to the bathroom, just urinating, and then make sure you're sleeping. That is the final thing we're going to talk about today for supporting your liver, which supports your estrogen. When you're sleeping, your body does most of its repair. It does a ton of its detox. So you want to make sure that you are sleeping well. If you do those things, if you stop the liver loaders, if you support your liver with the nutrients that it needs, and if you open your detox pathways, make sure that you're pooping, peeing, sweating, and sleeping well, then your liver will be happier. When your liver is happier, it's going to be able to process the estrogen better. When your estrogen is able to process in your body as it's supposed to, then hopefully you will not have estrogen dominance, meaning too much estrogen in the second half of your menstrual cycle and when your estrogen levels are more balanced and in line with how your body is designed to function then hopefully that next step will be your thyroid will be happier because your estrogen directs some of the actions of your thyroid and your thyroid function this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only please be sure to discuss any concerns and plans with your trusted healthcare professional